Good afternoon, folks, and welcome to our uh, technically second episode. I guess it's our first real episode mm-hmm. of South of the Cheddar Curtain. I am one of your co-hosts, Devin Hine, and sitting next to me is Mr. Luke Mueller himself. Want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hi, folks. All righty. So, as promised, we're going to be talking a lot of Green Bay Packers. We're going to start... Oh, I guess we'll hold on. Let me back up. Let me yep. back up. Yep. We need to... You guys need to understand the root of the podcast. So, Luke and I went to high school together played football together, realized we were both Packers fans, which growing up in the Chicago suburbs is kind of an anomaly. Yep, pretty rare, pretty so, rare. So we had to stick together, right, to survive. So I ended up going to nursing school on the East Coast, and then when I moved back, we started getting lunch, like, what was it, like once a week? Yeah, it was like every Wednesday or something like that. Yeah, so we'd, we'd get lunch, we'd catch up, but of course, most of our conversation was about the Green Bay Packers. So eventually, when we were planning out our lunch session, it was like, oh, yeah, like, when's our weekly podcast? Mm -hmm. And we sort of joked about it, and then COVID happened, and we couldn't meet for lunch, and we decided afterwards, you know what? We should actually do it. We should do it. Yeah, why not? We should do it. So we were hoping to start earlier in the summer, and then, as you may might have heard, there was a little bit of Aaron Rodgers drama, so we were both a little uh, discouraged. Yeah, I think we were a little potentially down in the dumps. Yeah, that. it was definitely some borderline depression, but he's back all as well. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get started here. Um, our week one matchup is against the New Orleans Saints, who we played, I want to say it was like week five, week six last was, season. Something like that. Yeah. Like week three. It was, it was in September somewhere. It yeah. was like a Monday night game. Mm-hmm. Luke, what stood out to you in that matchup? Like when I say that game, what do you remember? Um, I remember that as Alvin Kamara making our defense look silly. And Alan Lazard, kind of his breakout game. Because Adams think, was out, right? Adams was out. Adams was out. And uh, we were wondering who was going to step up. Maybe MVS. Maybe Lazard. Quickly got answered. Uh, Lazard's breakout game, I believe. Really his best game as a pro. I want to say he won like five catches, a buck 46, maybe two touchdowns. I know he at least had like a really good deep post, um, and which... He actually good separation, which he did. he's not a burner. He's definitely not a burner. He's a big body, going to block you type guy. But he somehow beat him deep. So I, on offense, definitely the big takeaway, Alan Lazard 100%. is a real piece. He's not just some um, – before that, you know, he was kind of a roster bubble guy, and that was, I think, his really – It's coming out party. Coming out party, like you said. Yeah. I'm here. I'm going to do good. Like you said on defense, though, mm-hmm. my oh my, Alvin Kamara. Made us look absolutely silly. I decided to go back and watch a little bit more of the game film. And I was surprised that on Kamara's plays, he did a lot of damage. They weren't even like like designed screen plays, right? No. They were sort of dump-offs out of the backfield. One of them was like a third and 15. I think they were running verts. And Kamara was just like the little, you know, chip block and go out for two yards. And he caught it and made six Packers look silly. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that. Um, and that game, I think they did have Michael Thomas, right? He was a little banged up last yep. year, but I think he did play. Mm-hmm. So the Saints this year, obviously looking much different. Very different. It's a whole new team, essentially, on offense. On offense. So you have no Drew Brees. The legend has retired. So now we have Mr. Jameis Winston. We have famous Jameis. When you think of Jameis Winston, what do you think of? I think of... High risk, high reward. High risk, high reward. Yeah, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Uh, That's a very unique stat in NFL history. Um, And I think really just kind of takes into into account his play style. 
ground. He's going to bomb it on you. There's a good chance you're going to catch it, or his own team's going to catch it. It's a little bit of a unleash the dragons like Rex Grossman, right? A little bit like Rex Grossman. Yeah, a little sexy Rex there. So, as you were saying, though, this mm-hmm. is a much different Saints team. Yep. Right. So, Mr. Michael Thomas kind of pulling a Scotty Pippen. Going to have his surgery on his injury a little late in the game. I'm a little sure late. Yeah. there's some Saints fans that aren't too happy about that. So, Mr. Michael Thomas will not be playing. And to be honest, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot of respect for the Saints receiving core outside of Michael Thomas. Right? Like, oh, they got Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, but, you know, we're not too worried about the rest of them. Now, let's play a little game here. Yeah. I want you to name other Saints receivers since Michael Thomas isn't playing. What are their other options? Or what are their options for Sunday, I should say? Uh, Marquez Callaway. Great preseason. Looked really good. Is he rookie? Second year? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yep. That's that's what I got. Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway. That's, that's one, folks. And <laughs> you're going to learn... Football is like kind of a religion for me and Luke, so if we only know one receiver, that's really bad. They also had a young guy by the name of Traquan Smith, who they were really looking forward to getting more snaps, more involvement this year. He was placed on IR. Yeah, he looked pretty good last year. He did. Yeah, and he's also like you know smaller, shifty. Packers don't like tackling guys that are shifty. We definitely do not. He's somebody who could have been a real problem, a real matchup nightmare, but he will not be a factor. Um, who we might see on the field is, is Mr. Seven Eleven himself, Chris Hogan. That's uh, I can't believe he's still playing. Yeah, I didn't think he was. He's got to be 33, 34. Yeah. High quality guy, you know, blue collar, blue chip. But I'm not really worried about him as a matchup nightmare. No, definitely, definitely not overly concerned. So I gotta say, coming in defensively, you know, based on what the Saints have on offense, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good. We'll get back to our pieces on defense a little bit later in the show, but now let's flip over and let's look at the Saints defense. So Saints defense. Yep. Obviously, you got you got Cameron Jordan. Uh, the great player. Great player. I'd say still top ten, top five pass rushers. Yeah, probably doesn't necessarily get crazy amounts of sacks, but really disruptive. You definitely have to know where he is. Yep. I'm really hoping he lines up against Elton Jenkins, because if he lines up against Billy Turner... We could have problems. We could have problems. We could have some problems. We could, that could not be a good day for us. So, Cam Jordan, best player on the defense. Yep. I also have a lot of respect for Demario Davis. Yeah, great, great linebacker in the middle. Great linebacker. I was concerned for him in the matchup last year. He did get a sack on Rodgers, but he, I don't think he was that much of a factor in the run game. They do have Malcolm Jenkins, which I wasn't sure if he came over this year or last year. He was on the team last year, mm-hmm. so we were still able to rip apart that defense through the air. That we did. Speaking of ripping that defense apart through the air, <laughs> folks, you know, the Packers are known for being cheeseheads, right? But this Saints secondary, they're the ones looking like Swiss cheese. Oh, God. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> folks, we're also going to have some really crunchy puns courtesy of me. You're welcome. Stay tuned. So, Marshawn Lattimore, their best corner. He's questionable, I want to say, with a hamstring. Uh, also, one of the other corners, Ken Crawley, was placed on IR. Mm-hmm. Saints were not feeling great about that position as a whole, so they recently traded for Bradley Roby. That's not a great sign, trading for someone a couple days before the season starts. Precisely. Yeah, you're making a statement there. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's suspended, I want to <laughs> say, for PED, so he's not going to be helping them either. Nope. Nope. So, uh, real thin back there. You got Desmond Trufant, who is old now. <laughs> That he is. I'm not really worried about him. 
Nope. You do have, I believe, third round out of Stanford, Paulson Adebo. So the kid's going to get yeah. some snaps. Yeah, I liked him coming out of college. I liked him out of college. He was someone I thought the Packers might go after. Yep. But even if we liked him coming out of college, you know, they're kind of playing this quarterback. I don't know if you've heard of him, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. He's kind of good, I've heard. Yeah, likes picking on younger, more inexperienced guys as well. So I'm sure he'll uh, see a lot of balls. This might be in for a rude awakening for Mr. Adebo. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of, you know, Saints defense, we talked about the linebackers, talked about the pass rush. Luke and I are looking over the starters for the Saints, and we happen to notice that a familiar Packer, Christian Ringo. Good old Christian Ringo. Good old Christian Ringo. So this guy was on the Packers, what, probably two or three years ago? Something like that, yeah. Somebody who went back and forth between the practice squad and being like our third or fourth defensive tackle just for depth. He's starting for them at defensive tackle today. It's not a good sign. Not a good sign at all. So I'm hoping that the game plan takes advantage of, we'll say, a little bit of a softness in in the front of the Saints. Yeah, Christian Ringo, definitely someone that I think we can exploit in the run game. All right, so now that we've talked enough about the Saints, mm-hmm. let's move over to the Packers. Now, do let's we, do it. Do we want to start with our guys, who our picks are for our guys? So I should also preface to our listeners. So the past couple of years... Luke and I have, we kind of make picks about players that we label ours, right? We pick somebody on each side of the ball mm-hmm. to label as ours. Uh, we, we both decided that we're not going to try to repeat people, so it limits our options. I pound on the table for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He is he's my guy, tried and true. Has I, been for years. Has been for years. I mean, I also, I think he's basically Randy Moss, just a little light version, right? Tall, 6'5", fast, as a burner. Love the man. And Luke, who who was yours last year? Nothing less than perfection from Big Bob Tanyan last year. My uh, man. McHenry's own. Uh, uh, isn't Big it Bob Tanyan? Tanyan? It Tanyan? is Tanyan. It's going to take a while to kind of get that worked out. Big Bob, if you're listening. I apologize. You will be at some point, I'm sure. You're definitely not now. There might be a few flip, slip-ups, and, and we're yeah. sorry about that. Yeah. So if it comes out as Tanyan, we're sorry. We're going to work on the Tanyan. We'll drill about it every week. We'll get there eventually. All right, so that being said, so on offense. So for me, Marquez is off limits. Mm-hmm. And for Luke, Big Bob is off limits. Yep. So, so Luke, who's, who are you feeling this year on offense? Give me a name. Um, I think I'm feeling Kylan Hill. I understand. Uh, late round pick, seventh rounder. Running back, third string. Hopefully not going to get a lot of run. Um, but I really think that he's someone that can come in and give you quality snaps. Um, no Dexter Williams here. Who was essentially a waste of a roster spot. We, uh, when he got the ball yard into the line and fall down. So I think Kylan Hill uh, led the SEC in rushing two years ago. And then his senior year kind of had some difficulties with the coaching staff and offensive scheme change and all that. So he, I believe he sat out the second half of the year. But if you lead the SEC in rushing, you're probably pretty good at football. I was just going to say, SEC, not only do you have so many good running backs – in that conference to compete with. But think about the defenses you're playing, right? You're playing quality defenses week in, week out in conference play. I feel like with a lot of these young guys, these draft picks, some of the times I wonder, was it just, you know, a man among boys, right? Was he just in a crappy conference and he ran all over these people? But not the case for your boy, Kylan Hill. No, no. Played great teams um, and put up some really solid numbers. I like what I see from him. As far as, I think he's a little bit more explosive than I had once originally thought, watched him in, in preseason. I think he has the ability to, to take some long runs, which is something that we have not had, especially down the depth chart a little bit of running back for a while. It's been kind of a wasted roster spot. 
I think he had touchdowns in his first two preseason games back to back. Yeah, and he had one kind of off tackle towards the pylon that really impressed me. Kind of shrugged off a defender and had enough burst to get to the pylon. So I don't know if you caught this. I think caught. I don't know if you saw <laughs> the screenplay. The screenplay. Yep. Screen pass that he caught that he took to the house mm-hmm. showed good vision and good poise. Right. 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 And I think that's something you look for, especially in that position. There's a good chance that Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon go down for a game. Yeah, it happens. It happens, especially running backs. Even, we haven't talked about this yet, but 17-game season. Maybe there's Ugh. some more, uh, a little bit more rest built in to the game plan for some of these guys. So I think having someone, even if it's a third stringer, that can come in, give you quality reps, quality snaps, I think that's, that's going to be key. I really agree. Like you said, and Dexter Williams also, if you're listening to the show, Probably a great dude, but I just didn't love your productivity. Nope. You're getting the ball a yard and a half on a good day. And <laughs> yeah, I'm not, sorry, man. Not making anything happen. So, it, like Luke said, you have a much higher ceiling where Kylan mm-hmm. Hill can potentially break away and, and be a game changer for us. Yep, I, I think so. What about you? Who's your guy this year? <sighs> it hurts for me to say this. So, you know, going back to that what, 2019, 2020 draft, Still not a Jordan Love guy. I didn't love the Dylan pick or the Aguara pick, but there are winds of change here, folks. Mm. I am aboard the AJ Dylan bus. The I'm, Quadzilla. I, I'm on the, yes, Quadzilla, <laughs> the Quad Father. You know, we were just talking about this whole idea of man among boys, yep. right? Yep. And in college, he would he would truck people, he'd run over people, and I kind of thought, is that going to transition to the NFL? You know, because he's not playing some guys that are going to be selling you know, car insurance in a few months. This is true. Right? But when he got his carries this last year, he just does not go down. And he does not go down backwards. No. Always falls forward. Good trait to have. I think he averaged like four and a half or five yards a carry. Something like that. And we all saw his Tennessee breakout game. Oh, it was wonderful. It was incredible. But he just, even on like... Even on runs where he gets met in the backfield, he gets stuffed early. You know, he's turning, he's turning one into to three or two mm-hmm. into four. Like the man just has a motor that doesn't stop, and I think that he showed a lot of humility too. Hmm. Coming into this offense, where you have Aaron Jones, top five back in the league, yep. you're kind of pass happy with Aaron Rodgers at points, mm-hmm. and he was really okay. Oh, my God, you're also a Jamal Williams. It's Jamal, Jamal Williams. I'm sorry. How did I forget? My bad, buddy. You're listening for sure. <laughs> so you, he was third. He, he was, was third. third string. He was third. He barely got any run, really, until that Tennessee game. And he took off. He did. He took advantage of his opportunity. I think that he's going to be able to, in this game particularly, I mean, going up against Christian Ringo, a defensive <laughs> tackle, right? <laughs> I think that he's going to really be able to ground and pound this season. Yep. And his development, his emergence is only going to make not only Aaron Jones better because he can stay fresh, but he's going to make the play action game better, right? Yeah. With with someone who's that difficult to take down, anytime you're thinking up the middle, those linebackers, those safeties are going to be cheating down so hard because they know even if their defensive lineman get a hand on him, he's not going down without a fight. And you want to hit him before he has a full head of steam because those giant quads are going to carry him straight through you. Oh, yeah. Jerome Bettis light? Jerome Bettis light? Yeah. Kind of in that mold, in the mold, I suppose. I kind of feel like, oh, 
I hope Jerome's not listening. I kind of feel like Jerome sometimes kind of took players off maybe a little bit. I don't see it out of Dylan so far. I don't see it. I That's see fair. high motor. High motor. High motor. He doesn't have the production of Jerome Bettis yet. I'm obviously. obviously also, aware. Jerome, I hope you are listening. Jerome, I'm sorry. You're great, man. <laughs> You're great. I loved watching you growing up. Forgive me. All right. So let's flip on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. So who are you thinking? Who are you watching? Who's your standout? That's hard. Defense. Um, you know, I'm going to go undrafted, rookie free agent. My boy. Out of Iowa. Okay. He went to NIU for four years before that. Like he's, he doesn't he? get to call Iowa. What do you mean he went to NIU for four years before that? I watched him. How many we, years did we he play college football for? Graduate transfer. You get five years, especially in a COVID season. <sighs> okay. My bad. My bad, folks. Sorry, but, listeners. I remember correctly. I watched him get six sacks his sophomore year. Just point that out. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I think that Kenny Clark needs some help in the middle. He has for a while now. That's nothing new. So, Jack Heflin from Prophetstown, Illinois. Prophetstown's own Jack Heflin. Out of NIU. And then, you know, played a couple games in Iowa, whatever. Out of NIU. Came in. Undrafted. Made a splash in the preseason. Looked great every game. And now I think he could be a real piece on the defensive line. Also... Back to the 17-game season, those big boys are going to need some help. Oh, yes, Kenny, especially Kenny Clark. He cannot play every snap or essentially every snap for 17 games straight. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to keep it up. So you need a good rotation of them big boys up front. I think Jeff he- Jack Heflin is a great addition. I like it. Yeah, I was really excited when he made the roster. I was nervous he wasn't, but I'm, I'm really glad we kept him. I think he's going to do big things. I, I do as well, even if he claims to be an Iowa Hawkeye. He went to Iowa. Yeah, for like a year. Okay, we're just going to agree to disagree. That's just the way it is here, folks. All right, so who are you thinking on defense? I'm looking forward to this. All right, so my was a bit of a toss-up. Okay. Um, you know, people, fellow Packer fans that I talk to know that I have a disdain for Will Redmond. Has for years. Has for years. <laughs> I mean, the guy's just doesn't help the last two NFC title games, gave up touchdowns in both games that – that long bomb to Scotty Miller before halftime against the Bucks. He was a safety over the top. You know, definitely Dude. didn't help our relationship, me and Willie. Are you going to blame Kevin King for that at all, or, or no? We can get back to Kevin King later. <laughs> We're talking about Will Redmond and my guy right now. Okay. So okay. we'll circle back. All right. We'll circle back to the Kevin King redemption story. So, so Will Redmond. I really yeah. wanted him off the roster. You did. So I have been watching the safeties like a hawk. All preseason. Just praying someone beats Will Redmond out. And even before Will Redmond got hurt, Henry Black was taking a lot of the snaps. Henry Black, yeah. Pa- Sorry for cutting you no, off, my go friend. Ahead, go ahead. Packers are on a lot and will most likely continue to run a lot of these three safety looks. So, unfortunately, Will Redmond was in the game a lot. So, you know, a lot of pain there. So instead, let's get somebody else in there. And Henry Black, for a while, was running with the ones as the third safety in those kind of big nickel, big big hybrid packages. Mm -hmm. So he's my guy. He's my hope. Helps that Will Redmond is on the IR. So other Packer fans, listen to me. He's not going to hurt us this season. We're safe. We're okay. Uh, the other the other backup safety was Vernon Scott, who we drafted like seventh round out of TCU, who's shown some promise, but he's caught the injury bug. He won't be playing in the game today. Yep. 
So it was kind of a toss-up between the two of them, just as, as a hope, like, please give me a good third safety. Henry Black seems to be like he's a physical guy. He's a confident guy. Coaches have been raving about him. Yes. So for this season, that's your guy. That's, that's my guy. I'm a fan of Vernon Scott, a little bit more size than, uh, than I think Henry Black gives us. But I'm hoping eventually down the road maybe he can potentially be kind of that hybrid role, kind of a similar to Adrian Amos mold of player. A little bit bigger. So that's what I was hoping for. I was also hoping for Christian Uphoff to make the roster because that's a big, strong dude from Illinois State. Yes. I'm but kind of surprised. Cut. I was surprised he didn't make the roster. I he was, was a surprise cut. I was surprised as well. I thought he had a good chance. Um, if we're talking about surprise cuts, I think the biggest surprise to me personally was Kamal Martin. Couldn't agree more. He started like half the games for us last year. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's a cut. Pretty quick cut. Um, so I thought... Coming into this year, obviously we have Devondre Campbell, newcomer mm-hmm. at linebacker. Chris Barnes, going to start at the other linebacker position. Awesome. But Kamal Martin, I thought, good depth at that point. Someone that's had some starters experience, looked very athletic. Um, obviously, looked like the game was a little fast for him at times. But I think given his physical profile and his potential and what we saw a little bit, some flashes last year, I thought he would stay, stick around a little longer personally. Fifth round pick. I completely agree. So he's a fifth round pick. Yep. And instead we keep Ty Summers, who, speaking of the Saints game, <laughs> you guys want to go watch some bloopers? Yeah, watch Ty Summers try to tackle Alvin Kamara. It was it was bad. It's kind of funny, kind of traumatizing, a little bit a little bit of both. So you keep Ty Summers, who has been on the roster, what, three or four years? And on the bubble the entire time. But a liability. I, I'm guessing it's for special teams play or something at this point. I don't I don't really know. I think you're right. I think it is special teams play. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that sometimes the game was a little fast for Kamal Martin, which mm-hmm. is fair. He's a young guy. But I could see him killing it on special teams because he's so physical and he's so aggressive. You would think a uh, heat-seeking missile at that point. Exactly. Just, just go get him. And he was a heat-seeking missile. He was? I, yeah, I don't know. And you keep Oren Burks, too, who, for the, you know, 15th season in a row, Oren Burks is looking really good, folks, in the preseason. Yeah, you know, I've heard that all before. I'm really hoping he can actually put it together this year. Maybe the new scheme does something for him that uh, he just didn't get under Pettin, but we'll find out. You know what they were saying about the new scheme? About a Packer who's been on the roster for a long time? They said the same thing, that it might help Josh Jackson. And bye-bye yeah. he went. <laughs> that was, that was kind of sad. I had a lot of hopes for Jackson that year. Him and Jair, I thought we were set. And he looked good as rookie year. Didn't he have like a 50-yard pick six? Yeah, he looked pretty good. And then it just, it seemed like he almost got worse every year. Yeah. So I, I don't really know what happened there. I remember, I think we were playing Houston. The one preseason game, the, the first preseason game I watched, he was playing well into the second half. And I swear, it was every time they threw at him. Oh, yeah, he, he got suck. picked on in a preseason game against backups. Against, and probably folks like, Backups of backups. Like yeah, seven well, stringers. No offense to y'all. You guys, you're more talented than I'll ever be. But yep. That's not man. good. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Not good. Um, so I, I'm happy we got rid of him. At least got something back. Yeah, and Iowa can have Josh Jackson. You can't take my Jack Heflin. You can have Josh Jackson back. <laughs> you know, a buddy of mine posted something about, it was like a montage of Iowa DBs and all these greats. And it was mm-hmm. Micah Hyde and, and Josh Jackson. I was like, mm. I mean, he was great in college. I guess he was, he was great for that picture. You just you can't you can't transcend to the NFL. Just pretend he uh, quit after that. 
He basically did. <laughs> he quit his productivity at least. He quit being reliable. Josh Jackson, my man. I wanted so much more for you. Yeah. But it's okay. Hope All you right. kill it on the Giants. Yeah. And you know what? Fresh starts for a lot of people help. Yeah. Uh, hoping for the best. He might actually maybe not start, but I think he'll see. He'll probably see some time. Significant playing yeah. time. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So, where do we want to go now? You want to talk defensive changes? Let's, talk, let's talk some defensive changes, yeah. Okay, so something that Luke and I discussed previously, and you sort of touched on a little bit, the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Kenny Clark especially. This guy's been one of the top defensive tackles in the league for a long time, and we run primarily a 2-4-5 front. Well, we think we run that. Well, yes, we have for years. Yes. So essentially you have two big down defensive linemen, you have your two outside linebackers, like the Smith brothers or other pass rushers, whoever's in, uh, coverage linebackers, and then your five guys in the secondary. So basically, for the past three or four years, it's been Kenny Clark and human body next to him. That's accurate. Yeah. No help. No, no help, help whatsoever. So Kenny Clark gets you know double and triple teamed, so A, he can't do anything, and then B, he gets banged up. Yep, and has to play a ton of snaps because – Obviously, if the other starter's not particularly good, his backup's not going to be particularly good either. So, yeah, we've kind of run him into the ground several years. Need some help. So, going into the offseason, mm-hmm. we had Mr. Tyler Lancaster. And what is he, Luke? <laughs> He's another one of my boys from Illinois, without a doubt. Uh, went to Northwestern, stayed at home. Also, Dean Lowry. Rockford's own Dean Lowry. This is going to be a trend in the show, folks. So, there's a few Packer players that are from the Illinois area, and whenever they do something, Luke refers to them as McHenry Zone or Rockford Zone or whoever Zone. Personally, not a big fan of it, but it will be a staple of our show that Luke will tell you what's new with them and how they're doing. It absolutely will be. Uh, they are near and dear to my heart. They generally don't do much, except for Big Bob. Except for Big Bob. Really turned that around for me, so thank you, Big Bob. Yes, Big Bob is useful, and I was going to say... I was going to, you know, sort of edit your statement there. They don't do much good, except for Big Bob, who is a blessing and amen. All right. Defense. Oh, Kenny Clark. Yes. Kenny Clark. So we had, you know, the two big white boys. We had Dean Lowry. Mm-hmm. Eh. Tyler Lancaster. <laughs> really eh. There was a couple other guys, um, sort of roster fringe, like Billy Wynn last year. Yeah. He didn't yeah. really do anything. We had uh, Kiki. Kingsley Kiki, who's another guy who could potentially yep. make a step. Yep. He had two sacks against the Saints last year. Yep. So he's he's useful. I'll call him good. Yeah, we, we can go that far, I think. I'll at say least, he's good. At least given our past. I'm going to say he's a little undersized, though, to be uh, to be Robin for Kenny Clark, right? Yeah, to probably be, at this time. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. So we get Jack Heflin. We got Jack Heflin. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then we also drafted a behemoth. A man down there. A man. TJ Slayton. Yep. He's, oh gosh, he's north of 300. He's a big boy. He's He is a real big boy. So I think he's going to be he's uh, going to be a happy addition yeah, to the definitely. rotation. I, I think we just need a, a big guy. And I liked some of the hustle I saw from him in the preseason. I think that really helps out. Um, especially when, when that's your position. If I see you kind of chasing chasing the play away from you and not just standing there that's what i like to see shows a little bit of a motor a little motor big motor oh he's big yeah big dude 
I'll be honest, folks. I was scrambling looking to find his logistics. The man is 6'4", 330. That's a man right there. That's a man. And he's got a motor. I mean, I think naturally he has to take up two blockers. Physically, yeah. How did he make it to the fifth round? That's where we drafted him, fifth round. How? Yeah, I don't know. I, I would believe that probably not a lot of interior pass rush ability that a lot of the, the top-end nose tackles and D-tackles, if you're going high into the draft, you're going to need to make some splash plays to get there. Um, think about Alabama's D-tackle every single year, whichever one gets picked, because they have one go top of the draft every year. Yep. Uh, I, TJ Slayton, I think more of a run stuffer. Those guys generally fall a little bit more, but that's exactly what we need. That's all we need. Yep. I mean, half the time with our weird packages between the Smith brothers – Gary and Kiki, I mean, it's hard to even get Clark on the field yeah. some of those times. Yeah. So we just need somebody to help out Kenny Clark. Yeah. Please just be large next to him. Don't let the running back run past you. That's all I got to do. We don't ask for much. No. Eat some blockers. Eat some blockers. <laughs> and, I mean, listen, you still have faith in Lancaster and Lowry. I'll even try I to do... I have to at little, this point. Well, yeah, because they're your <laughs> McHenry's, whoever's own. Not from McHenry. That's Bob. <sighs> You see how much I care, folks. But I'll, I'll glass half full it mm-hmm. and say that those guys will also hopefully be improved because they get added rotation as well. Yeah, I think if you just give them a couple, maybe they play 10 snaps a game, maybe they can make an impact there. 10, 20 instead of 40 or 50 as a starter. They're not starting caliber players. Nope. But I think, you know, you rotate them in, they play a couple snaps here or there. They may not be a liability at that point. Definitely. And I think it just gives us better options for when we do go traditional, like, 3-4, when it's more mm-hmm. goal line, having TJ Slayton and Heflin, big upgrades to the, hopefully the, the short yardage run defense. I, I would definitely hope so. Because that's somewhere where we had struggled. For years. Years. <laughs> I mean, when you only have Kenny Clark and body, <laughs> I'd run halfback dive all day when it's third and one, third and two. All day. That's an easy choice. <laughs> All right, so we talked a little bit about the secondary. Well, at least about the safety position, the changes yep. there. One thing I do want to just throw in for the game, Vernon Scott is out. That could, yeah, that could be a problem. So I know that we kept Ophoff, and there was another guy who almost made the roster at safety mm-hmm. who's on the practice squad. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I haven't heard that they activated anybody, so it might just be the three of them. Yeah, that hoping, could be. Hoping nobody goes down. Yeah, here's open. Here's open. And, I mean, also, we're not really sure about how much three, how much we do want to run the three safety look. We have a new D coordinator. We don't 100% know what he's going to throw out there. How much is it going to look like Penn's defense? Exactly. So, there was this guy in the Packers, he's a little, uh, little polarizing, Mr. Kevin King. I don't know if he's even that polarizing. People just didn't like him. <laughs> So, folks, you should know that there was a time not too long ago where... Last year. Last year, before <laughs> everything happened, before the NFC title game and all that stuff, coming off of a season where Kevin King led the Packers in interceptions, where our friend JP and I were kind of you know, comparing and comparing notes, and I preferred Kevin King to Jair. I look really stupid now. You look so stupid. I look really stupid. Jair is potentially the best cornerback in the league, and Kevin King is not to put it kindly hey if you caught that press conference though he thinks he can be and And i appreciate the confidence it's something you need at that position i just i I hope he backs it up at some point 
I'm not saying he's going to come and beat Jair. Because he's not. That's not going to happen. Let's let's do a little comparison here. So, okay. what was it? Week 8, week 10 of last season where they started Rashawn Gary over Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. What happened to Preston Smith after that? He played much better. He played much better. Yeah. Folks, the fear of losing your job is great motivation for any of us. This is true. Right? And... As much as Kevin King seems to be chill, mellow with the fact that we drafted Eric Stokes, he has to know the writing is on the wall. Absolutely. And what, it's on a one-year deal now? Like, this is this is your shot to exactly. prove you can do it. It's a prove-it deal for him. So I'm not saying I'm going to think he's going to you know go out and be a all-pro cornerback, but I think we're going to get a rejuvenated and better Kevin King. When he's on the field, which is a whole other part, right? <laughs> Every other week, yeah, pretty much. Man's hurt a lot. It's not only just as sometimes inconsistent play in the field, but also... Some availability is the best ability. Okay, Bill Belichick. Yep. Also, we have a little guest today, Bill Belichick, folks. <laughs> Look at that treat. First real episode, <laughs> Bill Belichick. Whew. So, I think the Kevin King is listed to start. Yeah, which I figured would. I didn't think Stokes would beat him out in camp. So, it'll be interesting to see, though, if... Does Stokes come in today? Does Stokes come run. in? What, what is your prediction? I think he'll get some run, for sure. Um, even if just giving Kevin King a breather, or God forbid, he gets hurt. Be very on brand. Um, <laughs> it would be very on brand. <laughs> I think Stokes gets gets some run. I've seen some people claim that potentially a good idea is to put Jair in the slot. Spoiler, that's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Um, and then run King and Stokes outside. Why don't you like the idea of Jair in the slot? I think with his ability... Uh, you play more of a Revis game with him. You just put him on the best guy or Richard Sherman role. Either one of those, I think he's good enough to actually take care of. I think you shut down the side of the field or a guy. You just take him out of the game. I don't think you just put him on a, a slot receiver for fun. Just so you can get the two larger guys out there. I don't think that's the way to go. I think it also depends on what Mr. Shannon Sullivan does, right? Uh, 100%. It also depends on matchup based and, and all that kind of thing. But I think this week in particular, I don't think that's what, what you do. Yeah, I was thinking again, okay, matchup, yeah. Who do we have to worry about on the Saints? Uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey? Lil Jordan Humphrey is not scaring me. I don't even know who that is, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I just like his name. <laughs> Marquez, oh, Marquez Calais, and that's it. Just put him on Marquez. I put mean, him there. to be fair, someone that is near and dear, probably not to most Packer fans' hearts, Ty Montgomery will probably make an appearance for the Saints. Do you think he's going to listen to his coaches this time? If they tell him to, you know, not run it out or something? I Man, I hope so. I liked him for a time there. I feel like I have to explain a lot of these references, folks. So, what was it, two or three years ago, Ty yeah. Montgomery was on the Packers. Mm-hmm. We were playing the uh, Rams, which made the Super Bowl that year, right? Was it that year? I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't know. It was close. Know. It was the good Rams. <laughs> Back and forth game. Uh, it was We were getting the ball late. One possession game. Coach told Ty Montgomery to just knee the ball. Don't take it out of the end zone. And he didn't listen. And he fumbled. And we lost. And that was... That was the end of Ty Montgomery. That was the end of Ty Montgomery. He was kind of underwhelming to begin with, but that was the nail in the coffin. He had some flashes. You were higher on him than I was. I like the versatility. I think... I think... LaFleur would love Ty Montgomery as a piece. I remember you saying when he was drafted, he's just a beefier cop. Yeah, and I pretty much stand by that. 
maybe physically, but not productivity-wise. Not even close. Agreed. I think we did not do him a ton of... We did not give him a ton of help with what we were trying to do with him. Well, yeah, those positionally. Are the Mac- those are the McCarthy days. That was the McCarthy kind of forgot how to innovate days, yeah. Yeah. Oh, good old Mike McCarthy. But that, like, can, <laughs> yeah. that can be a whole other episode, folks. But Our Ty beef with Mike McCarthy. in a Tyler Irvin role? That could have been something. I don't think he's that quick. I want someone quicker in that spot. I don't think he's necessarily that quick either. I'm just saying, you know, something like that I think would benefit his skill set. Sean Payne's probably smart enough to figure that out. He is. I mean, I think we should handle the Saints. But I think this game is going to be closer than we think, just because of how good Sean Payton is. Yeah, I would agree. And like I said earlier, with the kind of risk-reward of Jameis, he's going to win some games for you with incredible throws. I agree with that, but today I'm saying to who? You never know. Hopefully to us. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope so. I mean, if we can't go in and, and just destroy these guys, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be disappointed. I will as well. I will want to. I do want to throw in there the wild card a little bit. What are they going to do with Taysom? Are they going to do anything? Well, of course they're going to do stuff with them, but it's always very simple stuff, Luke. It's like a little RPO, little read option, put him at tight end. Maybe this is just my taste and bias from when he was our uh, practice squad quarterback there for like 30 seconds that one preseason. But I like him as a player. I think he could do some damage. I hope he doesn't, but I'm afraid he might. I'm also going to say that his value is slightly diminished. Last year he would come in on a few like deep plays because right. Drew Brees and – Noodle arm. <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Noodle arm Drew Brees could not get it past 35 yards. God right. bless. So there are a few times where he was just in to throw it deep. Yeah, true. Jameis, although he is, let's just say, not the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. In his defense, he had a LASIK. So he had what? LASIK surgery. Apparently, he couldn't see before this, so we don't really know. That's a. It's a. Very, <laughs> it's a very good excuse for you, Mr. Jameis. If he goes and wins MVP, he has yeah. to be like their spokesperson. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That'd be great. Oh, gosh. I hope yeah. it doesn't happen. But. I'm not scared of Taysom Hill. <laughs> no. He's well, kind of fun to watch, but... I'm a fan. The only person I'm scared of Alvin. is Alvin Kamara. That's it. And we've proven that we struggle with Alvin Kamara. So, we'll see what happens. I, I hope we just put somebody on him. And I guess the only person that could come close to staying with him would be Savage. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably about it, athletically. Maybe run a lot of, like, you know... Cover one high, but instead of having the under shell, right? Cover one, you have man yep. across the board. You have one guy over the top. You have mm-hmm. one guy kind of covering all those slants and whatnot in breaking routes. Maybe you just have Amos over the top, and then you bring in Tarnell Savage to just spy and follow. Wherever Kamara goes, you go. Yeah, and that's interesting. That's kind of the opposite of what you would assume would happen. Amos being a little bit more of a box safety, but yeah, we'll see. Like I said, we don't really know with the new coordinator. We don't really know what he's going to put together. Amos is consistent, and I know that Savage has had difficulties in the past with his tackling angles. Yeah. But for a physical specimen, just for an, an agility, speed, all great, that stuff. Great athlete. He's the better he has the better chance yeah. of staying with Kamara. True. Other things in the secondary I'm looking forward to seeing is how when we go like dollar, so if we have four corners on the field, mm-hmm. how we do that. 
whether we do so you know some people say you kind of bring in two slot corners then right yeah we have uh what's why am i blanking it's a good question slot corner why am i why am i doing this i know the practice in the uh, back of my uh, hand sully yeah shannon sullivan yeah. who had a really good 2019 looked mm-hmm. like last year he was just given a little too much to do so yeah, hoping we're just gonna for forget a bounce about back. the championship game there you know, we're having a really good first episode. Let's let's not go let's into not our grievances. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Please, okay. not okay. just yet. We're going to keep this positive. We can get to that later. Yeah, this is this is good. This is positive vibes. And then you also have Shamar Jean Charles, who was drafted basically as another slot guy. That's His only job is to be a slot corner. Yeah. I kind of think, though, that if we're going, if we're going four corners at a time, Jair, obviously, Kevin King, because apparently he's still starting. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Slot, Mr. Sullivan. And Stokes. And then I think you want to put Stokes in the yeah. field. Yeah, too. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, man's a speedster. You can... I think he could do fine in the slot. We're going to find out, I'm sure. We're going to find <laughs> out. Also, though, I feel like if we're going into that quarter set, it's it's probably third and long. And we're probably going, you know, cover three, cover four, a lot of zone stuff. type of thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. And and see how much Jameis' Lasix has helped him. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be what to look for today, folks. Yep. Can Jameis see? Can... <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Can Jameis see slash like Saints preview. Perfect. All right, other things to talk about. Other things. All right, we switch to offense now? Yeah, let's run through the offense. Right All right, there. what are your thoughts for, for offense? Well, it'll be Throw interesting. We have the... First time since Cobb left, we have a slot receiver again. Now we have two. Now we have two, right? It's a, just an overabundance of riches at the moment. <laughs> um, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm curious what that's going to look like. You know, are either of them just going to kind of step in and be Tyler Irvin? Are we going to do something a little different because they have a little bit better skill sets, mm-hmm. especially as a wide receiver? Well, Tyler Irvin was a glorified kick returner, basically. Not even much of a running back. So I'm excited to see that. Then obviously I know we're not playing exactly the greatest interior D line, but our, the interior of our offensive line is young and inexperienced. Yeah, I feel like that's been a very undersold storyline. Yeah. Of the off season, so we're starting two rookies. Two rookies. Which one of which no one even really thought was going to start in Royce Newman. And you know we did lose Corey Lindsley, which people kind of forget. You know with offensive linemen, but he was. Not like it was like he was good. He was the best center in the NFL last year, folks. Yeah. So there will be a drop off. There'll be a drop off. Rookie Josh Myers, which all reports are, he's good. Yeah. We're gonna see. Will there be any communication issues? That kind of thing. I think we're kind of lucking out a little bit, not playing in the Superdome, Um, with all that crowd noise stuff. Playing in Jacksonville, probably a little bit closer to fifty-fifty crowd. Probably eases him in a little bit better than throwing him into the water with the sharks there with all that crowd noise and everything like that i know Rod, rogers kind of talked about communication a little bit about with him mm-hmm. that's gonna be really important especially at the start of the year i think they'll get into it they'll get into a groove and everything but it's gonna be very interesting to right off the bat how do they do i'm not trying to be a debbie downer yeah with the whole rogers staying away from you know most of the preseason or not the preseason but most of the offseason stuff the one spot where it might really come to bite us in the ass are the exchanges. Yeah, because he didn't get all as many reps as he should have with Josh Myers. I'm predicting at least, maybe not today, but there will be issues. I'm going to say at least one fumble throughout the season, either on an exchange or 
with the cadence where he snaps it and Rodgers wasn't ready, there's going to be at least one hiccup yeah, he, and, because of the time away. And obviously Rodgers is known for his free plays and stuff like that. Is the center going to be on the same page with that? Are we going to get as many offsides or 12 men on the field? Those kind of things because is the center going to have the awareness to realize he's got a snapper right now? Exactly. We'll find out. And, I mean, obviously Royce Newman looking great during preseason. Yeah, There's a reason surprise. why we're starting him. Yeah, so kind of the surprise. I think most people thought we'd start John Runyon. But Newman looked great. I think he was the highest-rated offensive lineman in all of preseason. Grain of salt, though. Let's just – grain of salt. It is preseason. Yeah, but when we played the Bills, for instance, right, they had their starters out there against our backups. They did. He, he played against Ed Oliver. Who's been a little underwhelming, to be honest. I understand that, but it's not like he was playing against – third string D tackles. It's not like he was playing or Christian against Ringo. <laughs> Christian Ringo. <laughs> I feel bad because he's starting and I don't want him to just tear us apart for some reason this week. But I swear he's gonna like the center's gonna mess up the, like the play call and Ringo's gonna go through and nail Rogers. And we're gonna be like that was our fault. <laughs> we was. we did that. We summoned that bad juju. We did. We did. By by ragging on Christian Ringo. And, you know, I'm really happy that Royce Newman looked so good. But I'm hoping that it was that he looked so good and not that Lucas Patrick took a step back. And even more important than that, I think he quite literally looked so good. Great mullet on the man. So I think he may have won the starting job because of the mullet alone. I think when Bakhtiari comes back, then you get Royce's mullet. Best hair. We got the best hair offensive line in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, they always talk about continuity, right? Yeah. You need a good continuity across the offensive line. Right. What better way to have good continuity than all having the same haircut? Correct. I mean, we got some long hair for Billy Turner as well, right? So we're looking good there. We just need Lucas Patrick and Elton Jenkins to kind of step their game up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Elton Jenkins, one of the best draft picks we've had in the past 10 years. Love him. But really, bro, step your hair game up. Yeah, we, we got to grow it out a little bit. What's more important here? Exactly. 